Hi, this is Marlene, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicle Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good. I'm doing well. Um, uh, as a follow-up to my last episode where the thing about the chickens, I know people are going to say, so Marlene, when are you going to post the next clip of the chickens? Because my last episode, I said I was going to post some more of the chickens, but I just haven't had time. I haven't had time. And I know I, I, I put some information that I had some new chicks that hatched and I do. And as a matter of fact, I had today, I had another hen um, hatch another chicken. She's got a few eggs under her, so I got to keep her. So I've got one hen that hatched 10. I've got 10 chicks. And then this other one just hatched one. But let's see. Because what people don't understand is there's no way for you to know if an egg is fertile until they just don't hatch. And it's really funny because hens have like a knowledge about after three days of sitting on the eggs, once they start hatching, that's it. They stop. Like they realize if it hasn't hatched, it's not going to hatch. But let me see. Like, anyway, this is a side note for those people the chicken, that are into the chickens, the chickenistas among you. Yeah, uh, I, I will. I'll get a little video going, hopefully by the next episode of what's going on with the chickens. And I know a lot of you have asked about that. And also the dogs. Because I know before a lot of people would say, oh, I remember those dogs, <laughs> little dogs running around the background. But yeah, I've, I've kicked them out. I've, I've closed the door. And But uh, yeah, my pack. So anyway, guys, let's get on to the good part. And the good part is about my guest tonight. This is a first-time guest here at Stories of the Supernatural. Um, and I'm so looking forward to this interview. Let me tell you about the guest. His name is Joshua Shapiro. And he is what's called a modern crystal skull explorer. He's become intrinsically associated with crystal skulls, he is currently one of the foremost experts in the field of crystal skulls, and his passion for them drives him to share the crystal skull phenomenon with people all over the world. Uh, he's not a caretaker of an ancient crystal skull. However, he has one named Portat de Luz, crystal skull, which has a distinction of being a very activated crystal skull. And it has been in the presence of numerous ancient and old crystal skulls, as well as visited uh, a number of sacred sites in the world. Uh, Joshua and his partner Katrina Head have eight other companion crystal skulls which travel with Porta de Luz, which by the way translates into English as portal of light. 
And we'll ask him about the names and everything about these companion schools during the show. Um, at times, Shapiro or Joshua may take a somewhat extreme esoteric viewpoint. However, he's merely presenting the range of crystal skull legends and theories. Um, he has a skull ebook called Crystal Skull Explorers. And he also has uh, another book called Journeys of the Crystal Skull Explorers. Um, he has several uh, websites, which I'm going to go ahead and post the links in the credits of the show. And we'll talk about those at the end of the show, like what I usually do uh, for the people that are listening to the podcast. But in the meantime, uh, help me welcome him to the show. How are you doing, Joshua? I'm great. And I'm very excited to be here with you. No. It's my pleasure. It is my pleasure. And I'm going to ask you what I ask my guests, depending on their field of interest. How did you become involved with Crystal Skulls? Well, um, my journey into supernatural, the spiritual, uh, the uh, paranormal, whatever you want to call started um, back when I was in my uh, early 20s, after mm -hmm. I got out of college. And I, I really had no idea as I was growing up that I would be involved in these things. But the essence of who I am is that when I have an experience, because I think that I learned through my experiences, and I think there was an astrologer who looked at my chart and said, you know, my life is going to be based on experiences. Mm -hmm. um, when something comes up, that I don't fully understand or know, and probably it's because I'm Aries too. My birthday was, uh, you know, about uh, two weeks ago or ten days ago. And happy birthday, I, belated, but happy thank birthday. Thank you, number sixty-six. So I'm still going strong. <laughs> I don't feel sixty-six. The body might feel sixty-six, but the yeah. mind and the energy for the study of these things and to do projects and write books and all of that—that's very exciting. So that's the typical Aries energy. So as an Aries, and I've talked to other Aries, it's our nature when any kind of challenge comes up or a, a mystery comes up or a question, we have to go 100% and dive into it and find out what is that about. So um, like everyone else, or, or at least people, let's say, around our age, in the 70s, they had the show by Arthur C. Clarke, uh, Mysterious World. And in there they showed, you know, the Mitchell Hedges skull in the introduction he had a program where the Mitchell Hedges skull was brought to the museum in London, which has a crystal skull also that's still on display there. Um, so like everyone else, I, you know, heard about it, but I never thought it might to get involved in them. Okay. So my beginning happens when I meet my first crystal skull directly. And this is one which I believe is a very old or ancient one that uh, not too many people have been able to experience. And also I'm very sad because whoever has the skull it was purchased, I don't know, probably around 2008 or nine from this group of Hispanic uh, gentlemen mm -hmm. who had acquired it on, uh, they gave a loan to acquire it from a, um, a Mayan priest, basically, okay. in Mexico. Um, it's known as a me, and it's made out of amethyst quartz, which is the purple quartz. Right, right. And so um, I 
and again, this is in my late 20s. I'm traveling on faith okay. in California. And I visit this friend who had a metaphysical bookstore called the Ram Metaphysical Bookstore. And it's very interesting. I always felt, and I still feel, although I'm not sure what's happened to her, if she's still alive or not, uh, like she was my mom in the past. She actually had a son who passed away that had my birth date. Wow. So it was very interesting. So anyway, she was one of the first bookstores that actually carried my first book I ever wrote, which was called Journeys of an Aquarian Age Networker, which is out of print. And this was my attempt to share with people information I was collecting as I was traveling on faith. You know, so it's like UFOs were in there, crystals were in there, holistic health was in there, the idea of networking and working together and sharing resources, all kinds of subjects, like a 500-page book, okay. uh, hodgepodge of different information I collected. So. I, I went to uh, visit her to see if she needed more copies of the book because this was one of the ways that was supporting me, you know, selling copies of the book. Mm -hmm. And then she pulls out this picture of this amethyst skull, which today we know is called Ami, which means friend. Right. One of the prior owners came up with that name. And, you know, it was like as I'm looking just at the picture, I felt a tremendous vibration. I called it an inner earthquake inside of myself. Okay. And then about a half an hour to an hour later in Kalinga, California, which is about 150 miles south of San Jose, California, where I was, where the bookstore was, there was an earthquake. And of course, the picture that was sitting on the table was vibrating. So there was an inner and an outer earthquake. And then I, I can't remember this, but it was like the this crystal skull was speaking to me telepathically. Okay. I could hear it in my thinking voice. And I distinctly recall, and again, I can't remember exactly how, but I recall a message through the picture of the skull. And this is before I actually physically met it, which I did shortly after this time. Uh, I heard it saying, uh, now that you know that we're here, meaning there are many of them, Right. And we're coming back to help humanity to create peace. What are you going to do about it? So it was like that question mm -hmm. was the catalyst that I call that day, day one of being a crystal skull explorer with the idea of an explorer, you know, trying to find answers. What is, what is this about? Because for most people, if you say, okay, I have a crystal skull. Oh, great. You have a stone that's, that's made into the shape of a skull, whether it's human or animal or alien, right. and big deal. So what? What? what why is that significant? Why would you spend all this time writing books and lecturing and everything? You know, it's just a stone. It has okay. there's nothing to it. Now I'm going to bring in another story, uh, which connects with Portal de Luz, which is the skull you mentioned, which is a 10-pound smoky quartz skull done by a very talented Brazilian carver, who's mm -hmm. my friend, that came to me in 1999, was a gift from an ex-wife. Okay. And uh, so anyway, now I'm a crystal skull explorer. I have Portal de Luz. I'm traveling. I'm lecturing. I'm writing. So eventually, I go to Europe. And um, I, I think uh, what happened is before I lived in Holland, I was traveling through Europe and somehow I met this person in Belgium 
at a lecture that I gave in Belgium about crystal skulls, which had quite a few people. I would say 50, 60 people were there. And then he said, um, I'd like to invite you to my house. There's a certain device that we use. It's called a Lecura antenna. So the only way I can describe this device is it's like a dowsing rod, but it has numbers on the side. And it it's it like, you know, a dowsing rod will move when it right. finds something. This thing flips when it touches the energy that's being measured for. So okay. the concept was we were going to take Portaudalus, put him on the table, mm -hmm. and see what frequency of energies is he emanating? Okay. And so the teacher, this was like a group, and the teacher was there, and my friend was one of the students. He was saying, this is a rock, this is a stone. Absolutely nothing's going to happen, and we are wasting our time. We are totally wasting our time uh, to do this. So the reason that I uh, allowed this is because one of the ways to understand what these crystal skulls are about is to use different devices right like maybe you know Carillion um sensitive right. devices or meridian sensitive right well, like the aura and stuff like that that measures the aura yeah so and this is another device it's not electronic but it measures frequency of energy and by uh looking at these energies that are being broadcast by the skulls it may give us some understanding about you know why are they doing what they're doing why aren't they just a stone sitting there doing absolutely nothing why are right. they having a profound impact upon people on their emotions on their health on their uh, gifts their okay. spiritual gifts their creative gifts um giving them an energy that changes their life forever so mm -hmm. um so anyway so they you know they're taking it towards the skull okay and they come back to the teacher and said, this so-called stone that you're calling is sending out the vibrational frequencies of the five human senses. Wow. What? Do that again. They did it three times, and three times he did it. Now, what the listeners need to understand, and I've talked to other people, we call, call ourselves guardians because we don't really own the skulls. I think they okay. pick us. We don't pick them. But the common uh, phenomenon, and this is my interpretation of it, and each guardian will have their own interpretation, is that somehow when a stone, it's, it doesn't have to just be quartz. Quartz were the first crystal skulls that came out. Okay. okay but now they have it in many different gemstones, and we actually have a few that are okay. not quartz. Um, somehow they are... A receptacle to allow a living consciousness which is not physical mm -hmm. to work through the skull and animate it and then the guardians and you know like Portal de Luz I, I mm -hmm. know he, he has a masculine energy he likes to have fun he jokes he's very talkative sometimes I have to tell him to shut up um, you know it's like it takes on a quality of a person let me ask you something, Joshua. Yeah. Since this was your first skull, was this was it given to you, or was there something that you felt drawn to that one in particular? How did you come together with that particular skull? Well, what happened is, I was invited to be a speaker. I think this was in 1999, 
-hmm. in Sedona, Arizona, they had a kind of a crystal crystal skull conference. Okay. And by the way, I had to fight to be that speaker because unfortunately, like in many other areas of the paranormal and UFOs and all these studies, when human beings get involved, there are sides. There's, you know, competition and, and so on. And mm -hmm. so there were some guardians that uh, weren't too happy with what I was doing because I'm not a follower. And okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not to say I'm a leader, but I, I have to do what I have to do. So let me ask you, so in other words, were you involved, in other words, you were already involved in the crystal skull phenomena, but you didn't have one. You didn't have Right, I didn't have my own. Okay. And I'd seen many at this point in 1999. Okay. And then my ex-wife, who was Brazilian, mm -hmm. um, during the conference we had a booth. That's what we were given as a speaker. I don't even think they paid me as a speaker. I just made whatever some of the speakers had their expenses paid and the whole thing but right. it didn't matter i just knew i had to be there so we had a booth and uh, what happened was the people that were next to us they had a booth filled with different crystal skulls these were okay. carved by modern carvers okay. and one of the speakers got up and did a world peace meditation so i went to the table i knew the people i said would it be okay if i just borrowed one of the skulls to hold uh, during this world peace meditation. Now, I think the one that, that I have now, Portal de Luz, is the one I picked. But again, I can't remember exactly. Okay. You know, so if I say the story this way, I, I may not be telling the truth. Or it could be because these skulls were made by the same carver. They all look very similar. Okay, mm -hmm. But they look quite human-like. And that's what was important to me. Rather than a stylized skull or you know, something that you can't relate to. I like the ones that look human-like. So I took mm -hmm. one of those, held it, did the meditation, put it back. Then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, the ex-wife comes up, and she's holding a crystal skull, and she presents it to me, and it's Portal de Luz. And she says, this is for you. I go, what are you talking about? I had, She did these uh, spiritual tours to Peru, Mm -hmm. And she did very well. She said, I did very well on my tour, so I'm gifting this to you. Okay. So this is how Portal de Luz comes. Okay. Now, the other thing that we have to understand, or which I understand now, is that this living consciousness that exists within the skull, mm -hmm. it already knew that this skull would be coming to me. Okay? Or it wanted to work with me, or what, however you wanted to say it. So. Okay. Okay. Although the ex-wife was the catalyst to bring it, mm -hmm. the skull could have been talking with her and said, I need to go to Joshua. Right. You need to purchase me and gift, gift me to Joshua or whatever. Or the vehicle, in other words. Right. Now, um, I think it was at this very same conference, too. There was a lady there, Carol Wilson Davies, who had worked with the most famous crystal skull, the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull. Mm -hmm. And she had gone into, she was a medium, and she had gone into an altered state. And supposedly some consciousness inside of the skull was speaking through her. And so I had a session with her, and she was working with Portal de Luz, and her hands were going all over. And she had talked about that um, when this stone was even in the ground before it had been shaped into skull. It knew that it was going to eventually find me. So this was like 
a soul agreement or something. That is so interesting. And then the Brazilian carver got it. Leandro's his name, and he mm -hmm. made it into shape a skull, and then it got sent to these people who were from Colorado that had the table, and that's how mm -hmm. it found me. And so she was kind of confirming that, you know, this skull already knew that eventually it would would meet with me. And that was going to be my question. You know, at what point do these skulls acquire, like you said, the, the what, I don't know, the person, the 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 spirit, the whatever it is. Is it during the version, the creation? of that skull but from what you're saying it comes I, in even before that well if this consciousness is spiritual in nature or dimensional mm -hmm. okay um then it, it is really and and also too when i saw the mitchell hedges skull at a conference in san francisco it showed me the same thing okay. and what happened to me is i is the guardian anna mitchell hedges when she was alive was sitting at a table and all of us could come up for two minutes, three minutes, see the skull. So I came up and I start telepathically talking to it because I saw from my co-authors, especially Bone and Nasserino, who had worked with that skull for like a month. They, they, uh, Anna Mitchell Hedges used to live in near Toronto, Canada. So they stayed there for like several weeks or a month and they were taking these pictures and there were images that were appearing inside of the Mitchell Hedges skull. So this is important because I'm asking the skull telepathically as I'm looking. How do how do these holographic images that are showing up and, and are being able to be uh, filmed probably on video and pictures, how are they coming inside of you? Where is that happening? Right, and so right. the skull says, okay, watch, I'll show you. So what happened is, an etheric double of itself rose. Now I'm seeing this in my mind's eye. I don't think anyone else saw this. Okay. okay. Because this skull could have, I don't know how many different communications with people all around it that would be totally different, totally different, unique experiences. So what I saw is it rose above itself, an etheric image of it, and it said, now look at the crystal. And so I did, and I felt no energy there whatsoever. In other words, it was like a blank slate. Yeah. So what it was saying is this consciousness that works through it is what is is creating all the energy and the experiences that people are coming. So the consciousness, therefore, is aware of the people around it and probably knows who they are by their vibrational frequency and sends out something to them which can trigger some change so when they come back to see the same skull maybe a year or two later they're not the same person anymore and they're uh -huh. ready for the next energy that okay. can be given to it so this has been my sensing around the skulls is that you know they're quite aware of who we are on a vibrational level okay. and um, so as far as when a person gets a skull i think that it is a partnership like for example when I was in England the first time, Portal de Luz is saying, and he calls me dad. He said, dad, let's go to the crop circles. I want to go to the crop circles. Okay, so we actually started doing that. Mm -hmm. And then we, we, we met up with some crop circle researchers who had sensitive energy type devices that could measure the frequencies in the true crop circles, not the fake ones. Okay. okay? Because just like with UFOs, you know, uh, 
for many years they kept saying the people were crazy and you yes. know nothing but now the government is starting to share some of the video that they have and yeah, this is not I, an yeah, illusion. I'm admitting a little bit <laughs> right this is not illusion and they're talking about a disclosure but a partial disclosure I actually read I can't remember the man's name but he's very well respected uh, was saying that because uh, he was talking about Corey I can't remember Corey's last name but he's a, a whistleblower he, he was on the show with David um, this is the problem when you become 66 you can't remember the names no, I, 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 I know who you're talking about but yes, you know the two of them had the show on Guy, on Gaia okay which okay very good right Katrina's in the background so she helps me <laughs> she doesn't she's starting to forget too a little bit but she remembered it so Corey good um, was talking in this article I read and he was saying that um, you know they're going to do a disclosure but they're only going to give you a little tiny piece okay mm -hmm. and the one thing that I always think about is why would creator say oh just the earth is going to have intelligent life that doesn't make any sense at all no. and plus if we study uh, the evolution of humanity it's very clear somebody was involved in the creation of what we are now okay there was some intervention of some kind our DNA could have been changed or we could have been ha interbreeding with other you know races sure. and part of that of their DNA is inside of us too so exactly. we are galactic citizens so um, so anyway all of these things are interconnected and um, you know so it's very interesting going into the crop circles with Portal de Luz and then having these researchers do tests on energy and the whole thing and the bottom line is I'm very proud of Portal de Luz because when I meditated with him on the first crop circle in England that we were able to do energy measurements mm -hmm. uh, we changed the frequency of the energy at the center at first okay. it was zero but Portal de Luz showed us why. We saw a spiraling energy. This was at the center. I think it was okay. a yin-yang pattern in this crop circle. There was a spiraling energy. We saw him going up and down really fast. So it was negating itself. So if you measured it, it would be zero. But right. after I meditated with him and we put him back at the center, then it was off the scale. So... so you mentioned uh, in your... in the introduction that you after that you have other skulls yes how does that do, I want to say do they communicate amongst each other or oh, is... yes they do they do they're like um, a big family okay so if the people accept that I can hear what they're saying okay, okay and there are other guardians who will tell you the same uh, Katrina my my wife also she has the ability whereas I hear it in my thinking voice she will actually hear a separate voice All right okay not so, audience. Okay. right so basically what they're saying is that they wish now this is very profound they wish that humanity could emulate the friendliness and love and respect that they have for each other that we could do the same between person to person because you know it's like for, I call them our crystal kids when our kids get a chance to meet other of the members of their family they're very excited Okay. okay and they will exchange energies so this reminds when you were going to pick one or i don't know however you came did any of them be did you get a feeling from the ones you had like 
yeah, you know, like, yeah, like, thumbs up. Well, each each one has a unique story of how it gets acquired, whether okay. it's gifted. Most of them we don't buy. All right. Okay, mostly they're gifted. Um, so I'm thinking about Geronimo Golden Eagle Eye, mm -hmm. who is a uh, another smoky quartz, Portal de Luz is smoky quartz. This one was made by the same carver, Leandro, but is much smaller. Okay. But Geronimo Golden Eagle Eye, as the name implies, is very connected to indigenous energies and indigenous drumming and indigenous ceremony. Okay. okay. Um, I remember that when I first saw him, uh, he had been sent to us by Leandro for the purpose of selling him. Okay. And then I remember a situation came up where I'm looking at him and at this early stage, he was really clear. And that's what, what I liked about him was how clear the smoky quartz was. Now, of course, that's not true now because okay. as the skulls start to have their own experience and record frequencies of energy and so on, then internally they change. So Portal okay. de Luz, I know, has greatly changed. He was very dark when I first got him, mm -hmm. and now he goes kind of from a little bit uh, a dark gray to a very light gray. And I actually saw him with a woman in Poland who put him, and I don't know how she did this because he's 10 pounds, but somehow she kept him by her throat and was singing. And when she brought him back after she finished, he was totally clear. <laughs> so so this is a, one thing that scientists don't like about the skulls, like this teacher when we were using the um, uh, luckier antenna, that they have the ability to change their physical structure. Okay? Because in a way, what they're showing to us is and I, re I just read this, somebody had a message from the Pleiadians, and I remember they said this too. Who we really are, we are not physical beings, we are energetic beings, mm -hmm. okay? And because of some belief that we have inside of ourselves, we accept that we're in the physical reality. But if we could see ourselves, like as spirit, uh, I work with spiritual mediums, I said, how do you see us? They said, we see you as lights. They don't see us as physical. They see us as lights, which is our aura. Okay. Uh, so essentially what happens through the crystal skulls is you start to have these experiences. Right. It starts to awaken the inner soul wisdom you have and starts to help to better understand the reality that we find ourselves in. Have they ever and, communicated to you through dream time? Um, the only dream that I can I can recall, because I, I don't dream that much, okay. is when I was in Peru looking for the blue skull, which is a whole other story. Wrote a whole book about a skull I've never seen in the physical, but I definitely know it exists. When I was out there high up in the Andes Mountains, and um, I had a fever, and it was snowing, and I was chilled, I remember waking up having a dream where the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull was mm -hmm. there and some blue skull was there, but it wasn't the one I was looking for. And then we had a person who read that book and, and around one of my birthdays when we lived in Seattle, probably like seven, eight, nine years ago, she was so enthralled by that story. She sent a blue lapis lazuli skull, which we oh. now call the rabbi, because he has a spot on the top of his head that looks like, and I was brought up in Jewish, like a yarmulke. Uh -huh. So she called him the rabbi. So we. We kept that name, the rabbi. 
So, so it's just all these stories and how they interconnect and, you know, it's the same for other guardians too. If you ask them, well, how did you get your skull and so, so on? They have their own unique story, which has some profound twists and turns to it. Um, what happens when, I guess, I don't know if to say, do people sell them? Uh, what happens if somebody passes away? What, what goes on? What happens with these skulls as far as uh, the connection that they have with a certain person? Yeah, I can't tell you that story. It's not allowed yet. Okay, so okay. Um, <laughs> no, something new has come up that's pretty fantastic, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. Okay, I understand. Uh, so what happens is, like, let's take the case of some people in Mexico. Okay, right. in Mexico, they have found a lot of crystal skulls in the ground or near ancient ruins. Okay. And they said, there's so many, you kick the ground and one comes out, rolling out, literally. Uh -huh. So I know what's happened there is there have been families that have had them. Okay. And then uh, they would pass them on to their relatives. Okay. You know, so they have been passed that way. But then also, too, there have been times where, like, for example, there's one called E.T. that my friend Jochen Vedeten has, who is a Dutch lady. That's a very amazing skull. Uh, Mayan family had it in Guatemala, and uh, they sold it. They were very poor, and then they were um, very upset afterwards, like they weren't supposed to do that. Okay. But this is the thing we have to understand, because we sell crystal skulls, but we're basically selling new ones being made by modern carvers, okay. which we will charge with our skulls if the person wants. Mm -hmm. And I'm not totally sure that we don't have some ancient ones. There's two we have that are kind of Tibetan-style skulls that are quite old. But um, but it's like when I talk to them, they say, you know, it, 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 this labeling that you give, it, it doesn't really matter. We're all unique. doesn't matter if we're new or ancient or old or whatever category human beings give us. We're just crystal skulls, and we each have our own frequency and our own service and energies that we share with humanity. So like, for example, we know Portal de Luz is um, a modern maid skull, but he faked out a Mayan elder. When I was in Holland, okay. Portal de Luz said, you need to bring me, leave me on the table. And when the elder comes up, you are not allowed to say anything. Just let the elder decide for himself. So the elders looking at the skull and then ask, whose skull is this? Now, of course, he's speaking in Spanish, and my Spanish is not as good as your Spanish, which I can tell is good by how you pronounce Bartle's name. Uh, and uh, so I had an interpreter, and he's saying uh, to me, this skull is one of ours, meaning the very old one, a okay. Mayan skull, and I knew it wasn't. And I said, Grandfather, I'm very sorry. Uh, you're mistaken. This was made by a modern carver in Brazil. But he was faked out by the energies that Portal de Luz had, had collected by being in the presence of some of the okay. old skulls he's met, by okay. being in sacred sites, by being in crop circles, by being in meditations for world peace, by being in my sessions with people. So all these energies are, are building up. And plus, I haven't a clue who is the consciousness that is Portal de Luz. Okay. Can you tell us sometimes the, the country or the the country it was uh, carved by the way it's carved or? Yeah, the the, the two 
uh, main places where crystal skulls are carved, modern mm -hmm. carved, is China and Brazil. Okay. Okay, but China, like I had a friend that one of our skulls he gifted us is called Rosalita. It's a, a, a duplicate of the Mitchell Hedges skull made out of rose quartz. He gifted it to us. I couldn't believe because he has a separate jaw like the Mitchell Hedges skull. Mm -hmm. And they had a carver who was very talented that could do this. Um, but um, there's a different style okay. between the Chinese and the Brazilians. All right. Okay. But then you have to understand there can be carvers anywhere in the world. Sure. But but the the countries which have the most is Brazil and China. I know there's some carvers in Mexico and the United States. I met a carver in Switzerland. So they're they're all over. Okay. Uh, so you can kind of tell by this by the style because each place kind of does it. But unfortunately, uh, our contacts in China have disappeared because okay. you know what they're doing there is is very horrific which mm -hmm. we don't hear anything about. And the last email I got from my friend there, who is the owner of a company that sold many crystal skulls, he says China is the most evil country in the world. And then I never heard from him again. He shouldn't have said that. I was going to say. Because they were reading all the emails. I'm surprised yeah. I even got it. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a major project we were working on. Okay. Which uh, to develop a new series of skulls actually based on the style of a me since a me is in prison it's with some person now who's not sharing the skull and they don't like that they want to be out there working with people to be shared to to help you know just like nature if you're sensitive to the energy of nature nature is the same it's to be of service for sure. life and that's what I believe the skulls are, to be of service for life and to be an inspiration to help humanity to create peace on this planet. So I'm pretty sure that um, they have a role to play in bringing peace to our world in the future. And that, you know, even though many, many people, we've done all kinds of world meditations and some people have taken them to sacred sites and done sacred ceremony with them or, um, so on. Well, I'll say it this way. There's a story I wrote called Crystal Skull Chronicles. Okay. And in Crystal Skull Chronicles, it shows 13 skulls coming together in Brazil in a sacred place there, which I visited. Mm -hmm. And then when the right set of skulls comes together, their vibrational frequency is the catalyst to totally shift. You know, they keep talking about ascension, us going from 3D to 5D. Right. That's the catalyst, or in that moment when they rejoined, they used to be together and then they were sent out throughout the world, then they come back. Uh, it brings world peace. It shifts the vibrational frequency. So let's say like an Arab and Israeli, they're fighting. Mm -hmm. And then I show in the story like some kind of energy with rainbow colors that shoots out from a circle of the skulls, covers the earth, and all of a sudden all the people that you don't like under your enemy, you look at them and say, no, how can I feel that way? That's my brother. That's my sister. And hugs them in love and respect and honor. So whether is this, is this like, would you say this coincides with what, you know, that old song, uh, the, that we're transitioning into the Aquarian age? Well, or, or that, that, in other words, that, that 
something like what you described. You know that old song that came out, what was it, in the 70s? Yeah, the Age 80s? of Aquarius. Age yeah. of Aquarius, which was a little bit premature, but of course he transitioned into these ages. It's lengthy. Well, it's not like a next year kind of thing. Right. Well, Aquarius is uh, brotherhood. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Peace. And we are moving into the influence astrologically mm -hmm. of, of the constellation of Aquarius. Right. Okay. Right. So, yes, I, I believe that. I mean, Spirit once said this to me. It said, anything that you can imagine, you can only imagine it because it already exists somewhere. Okay. okay. So if I'm imagining this story with the skulls coming together, and there are legends by the indigenous people about a sacred set of 13 skulls. Okay. Because okay. one in 12 comes up repeatedly in humanity. In Judaism, you have the Levites, which are the priests and the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Christianity, you have Christ and the 12 apostles. And I believe in our solar system, there are 12 planets. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm not sure if Pluto is, con is still considered a planet or not. Right. But George Hunt Williamson, who was an early UFO contactee uh, that wrote some very powerful books even today if you read it you will be forever changed by what he wrote about mm -hmm. said there is some planet before mercury that looks like a sunspot and there are two beyond pluto and we wow. keep talking about nibiru having an right. elliptical orbit and they also think the orc cloud there's another there could be one or two more planets beyond that so uh, so we're talking about a planet between Mercury and the sun is what you're saying? That looks like that's what George John Williamson talked about. Okay. So anyway, he figured out there were 12 planets. I don't know if that one exists or not. I definitely know that there is life on the other planets in our solar system, but not mm -hmm. the way we understand it. Definitely on Venus, but they're in a higher vibration. So unless mm -hmm. they lowered their vibration, just like the people that live in the inner Earth, unless they lowered their vibration, it's like, you know, we can't see them. Sasquatch is the same. Why, you know, they see prints of Sasquatch and then it disappears. It goes into a higher vibration. Exactly. Um, so, so, so what are you it, saying? That they have the, the power of interdimensional travel because of well, they have, vibration? They, first of all, they exist in a different uh, vibration of the earth, mm -hmm. which maybe we're moving toward. And when they come here, they have the ability through the power of their mind to switch their vibrational frequency. So if you're a sensitive person, and this has happened to me a few times, Mount Shasta, so when I can think about, you know, we're at uh, like at the top of the mountain, okay. uh, or as far as you can go, they have like a road that'll take you up to a certain point. I'm looking at the trees and I felt, yeah, there's Sasquatch out there, but I couldn't see it, but I felt it. I heard mm -hmm. it, okay? So they're sensitive enough. They know the people who will be open and receptive and the people who are afraid, you know, sure. of them. Uh, so, so it's all these things are interconnected. I'm sorry I'm jumping from story. No, 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 story. no, no, no. That's fine. It's fascinating. Uh, Joshua, let me ask you, the, the origins of the beings that inhabit these skulls, are they, I'm going to ask, are they origins here as part of the earth, of our earth, or do they have any type of ET origin, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, yeah, they say yes and yes. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. So it could be a spirit that exists on the earth, because mm -hmm. there are a lot of spirit, you know, there used to be a time where we could see the nature spirits, right. and only special people do. So it can be from there. 
um, you know, it, it's kind of like the crystal. Let's look at a crystal, a quartz skull, okay? Because that's the one I resonate the most with. The quartz says, I'm open, okay. okay, to whatever needs to happen. I'm willing to go out into the world and be of service to the people I'll meet. And then it gets put into a shape. So it gets put into the shape of a skull. But that's working with the consciousness of the stone, right? Okay. And then it says, okay, I'm open to allow other consciousness to come in. Well, depending upon who may be the guardian, like I would guess Portal de Luz would have a more cosmic or ET consciousness mm -hmm. because yeah. that's who I am. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not as good with, with the nature part of earth. I respect it. I know mm -hmm. it is important, mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm more a cosmic wanderer than an okay. earth guardian okay mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter because we each have a role and collectively all our roles come together we cover everything so we can't be everything if we if we tried to be everything we would disappear and we would become creator creator is everything right okay? right and and, and well, i know what you're saying it's not that one is better than the other it's just differences right we just have each have a unique role and it's you know what i'm doing i like what i'm doing I okay. like who I am. It, this resonates. This flows for me. Okay? Yes. I'm not trying to impress or be something I'm not. I just do what naturally comes to me. And I assume, and again, I've, I've heard these messages, you know, when you honor yourself and you love yourself and you do what makes your heart sing, then mm -hmm. you, you are being genuinely who you are. You are the expression of creator. Um, exactly. So, and I also got the message, and I think this came from Creator, is I said, Creator, you know, what do you receive from us compared to the immensity of all the realities and the size of the universe and everything? We're so insignificant and tiny. And the voice said, why, your unique experiences, of course. So in other words, because... And even, and I know that there are parallel earths and I know there are other aspects of ourselves mm -hmm. okay, who are making different choices. Some okay. of the parallel earths are really close to ours. Or okay. as um, Gene Decode said, he's one of the people that's talking about what's going on right now. He said, basically, people are deciding uh, which reality they want to be in. Do they want to be in the peaceful reality timeline or they, do they want to be in the Armageddon timeline? These it's are like the a multiverse, two, is what you're saying, right? Like but a, these are the two two directions our planet is going right now. Yeah. Okay, in the chaos that we have, and the people that are trying to be in charge and who who think they have been in charge for a long time, call them whatever name you want, elite, Illuminati, whatever. Mm -hmm. They want the Armageddon timeline. Okay, right. and they're fighting for that. But then we have the light workers and the alliance or the white hats and we're creating the paradise timeline right. okay exactly so that's why i think the crystal skulls are have made their presence known knowing that this challenging time would come up and that they could be of benefit to humanity to help people to awaken to their spirituality to their gifts to their mission to the work that they're here to do so but what i'm saying is what is um kind of in charge of the frequencies of energies the skulls are emanating is mm -hmm. a living consciousness. And each living consciousness, which might be a single one or through the Mitchell Hedges, 
not in the Mitchell Hedges skull, but when I was meditating with it in the corner in the room I was in, I picked up a group of dimensional beings that I have never ever encountered before, which I cannot even describe in words. Okay. okay who have never had a physical existence and why they showed up, I still don't know. Although I know that after I had that experience in general, I mean, I can't mm -hmm. stop being an Aries, so certain times I'm going to be loud no matter what. I can't help that. But um, in general, I'm mostly calm and in the neutral. I, I learn from that experience that the only person I can change is myself. I can give advice, but I can't be attached. And this is the key, I think, for everything. We cannot be attached to the outcome or that, mm -hmm. you know, if we share something with someone, they're right away they're going to accept it and and be grateful they they may not be in a, a accord with what we say it may be totally against who they feel they are so we just have to share something if we're given permission and release it just like right, right. you're interviewing me you're giving me permission and asking me questions and as your audience is listening to this crazy jewish guy you know for some <laughs> of them they're going to go, Joshua's out of his mind. I, I don't know where he's coming from with this. How can he possibly live on the earth, you know, right. an earth life while he's going through all these things? And other people go, oh, I got it. Because yeah. I see that when I do my presentation. There are always a few people that are like this as I'm talking. We're so in sync. Uh -huh. Okay. But the, the message I got from Creator is your experiences is we're all unique too. So, yes. of course, you know, my experiences are not going to resonate for everyone in my understanding because I'm, I'm trying to look at the simplicity of everything. And the only thing that makes sense of all of it is that we are each a part of creator. Okay. Creator is the whole and we are a part, but we have within ourselves these divine abilities and capabilities, which is our inheritance by being a child of God. And then creator loves us and loves our experiences because they're, even if there are other us's, there is only one Joshua Shapiro yes. and one you that are having the unique experience we're having. And unless creator does what they showed in the matrix and restarts all of creation over again, all right. it's not going to happen again. So this is the only opportunity creator has to have these unique experiences which means there is no right or wrong there's just what challenges you or what brings you joy or if mm -hmm. something doesn't work don't get down and, and beat yourself up just say that didn't work i can try again i can try something different okay. well you know what happens and people don't realize that what makes life interesting are differences yes exactly you know if we were all the same or on the same page it'd be kind of boring <laughs> because yeah. after a while it'd be like you know the spice of life is uh, differences, whatever they might be, and you know, and learning to, like you said, like you just described, when you look at your audience, some people are like, nah, and then others are like, yeah, 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 I get it, yeah, right. you know, and right. I'm sure yeah. you realize, hey, it doesn't matter if the about the ones that are not on board or don't get it, they just don't, right? Or they just, or what happens is sometimes you will say something to someone and they won't get it in that moment. But then five months later, oh, sure. now I get what Joshua was saying. 
what he was trying to, it, it all makes sense now. It's like Data and Star Trek didn't get humor, and they gave him the right, emotion. Yeah, oh, finally, I get to joke. Yes, you know, joke. it was called five years ago. He finally understands the joke. Uh, so, Joshua, do the do do animals react around the skulls? Oh yes, oh yes, and small children too. Really? Yes, they're very sensitive to energy. Again, a story with ET, which is a kind of an ET looking skull that Yoke Van Dieten had, is she told us we went with her to Australia and we were participating in some lectures and a conference. After we left, she stayed with this family who had, uh, I think it was two dogs that were, you know, emotionally, they were distraught or they had been mistreated, or, you know, and they were in bad shape, but then they got healed by being around the skull, okay? Or what I've done is like, you know, when we have a crystal skull, if they're young children, uh -huh. I will not say anything and just see how they react. And I remember in Brazil, there was a mother I met with her young child and the child just kept touching the skull. You know, I okay. had a small one that, that she could hold, her child could hold and she just kept touching it. So yeah, so anybody who's sensitive now, uh, one thing Spirit's saying to me is because <coughs> the crystal skulls basically are neutral mm -hmm. and they're recording frequency of energy around them, there are some skulls that have picked up man's inhumanity to man. Okay, I found that true in Mexico where um, I think some, some times of the Mayan, they were doing sacrifices and they were putting the skull in a person's heart. They took out, they were doing not so nice things. Mm -hmm. And so since they're in the neutral, they don't judge what's good or bad. So sometimes they will pick up some of that. So, so generally what I've seen happen is the people who are not comfortable with the skull, they'll look for one experience or one event where something that wasn't so positive happened so they can throw it all out and totally ignore all the people who are having very profound and, and positive experiences and expansion experiences by working with them or healing experience by working with them. So, okay. you know, my, and I'm going to ask you a quick question for anybody that that's considering that's been intrigued that has maybe wanted to get a crystal skull based on what you just said, does it really matter who, I'm not talking about the person that carved it. You know, they 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 created it. But if that skull belonged to somebody else, I mean, is there any caveats with with something like that? As far as if you get a skull that comes from somebody else who had it. Um, well, most of the time we try to help people with a brand new one that's not had a guardian before, right. which would be a, a new one. But if you're dealing with and it's your destiny to come across one of the older ones. And mm -hmm. obviously it will have been with other people. So it may be your mission if the energy is not balanced to help to cleanse it. There are certain okay. things you can do to cleanse it. Okay. Um, you, there are people with the new skulls too that are selling them to other people. Mm -hmm. um, if you're really feeling drawn to have one, um, you just have to be open for the experience. You can't like plan it. Okay. Okay. Like there was a lot of times where I thought, okay, I'm going to do it this way and this is going to happen. And it never works out that way. So I just learned from the skulls, like, just be more spontaneous, you mm -hmm. know, like um, when Portal de Luz first came after the conference, I remember I would 
take him uh, into the bed and meditate with him, which was not easy. Ten pounds holding him over my stomach or whatever. Okay. Uh, which I don't do anymore um, because I'm already integrated with his energy, but that's okay. what we were doing. Um, so each person has, it, it's like an, a new journey, a new adventure. Okay. Okay. All I can say to people is, it's just like I would say to people, we're never going to go back to the way the world was before. All right. After what's happening. Once the crystal skull enters your life, you'll mm -hmm. never be the same again. So, before you decide to accept us, and I remember I said this in a conference to like 600 people in Hungary. I said, mm -hmm. you know, before you decide you want to work with them, think about it carefully because your life won't be the same. And then I don't want you to come back to me and say, why didn't you warn me? You know, because right. the changes, which sometimes it brings out uh, a healing, sometimes it brings great adventures. Um, Okay. You know, it's it's really it's unknown. I can't say um, any one thing that I could promise for somebody, other than it will be their own unique experiences with it. And of course, you know, they can read about what other people experiences have had and how they've worked with them, and then decide which ones work the best for them. Or they may come up with new things that nobody's ever thought about before. You so, mentioned healing. Are yes. there people that acquire a skull because precisely for the reasons of healing. Yes, absolutely. How does um, that work? Let's see, how can I answer that question? I I think what it is again is on based on vibration. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I I can only give you some, uh, one example I can think off the top of my head with a me. Okay. So after Amif was um, came into possession of these uh, Mex uh, Hispanic business people, mm -hmm. one of them, Al Ramirez, who unfortunately passed away, but he was the only one who truly understood what the crystal skull represented that they had and really uh, honored it properly. I think he was a Mayan priest that had this skull before I saw him when he was meditating with it. I saw him change. Um, he had a blood vessel in his brain that wasn't growing properly. Okay. And the doctor said, if you were a younger person, there's a surgery we could do that would be successful. However, being older, mm -hmm. if you decide to do the surgery, you might become like a vegetable. Oh. We don't know what will happen, but it's your choice. So he decided to do the surgery, and that's what happened to him. He could barely move or speak, um, but then he felt that if he worked with the amethyst skull, he could get healed. So I don't know how he communicated to his family, but mm -hmm. he tried to say, put him on the ground and put the skull on the ground with the back of the skull's head to the back of his head. Okay. And then while he was there, all he would keep thinking about is, I'm going to be healed, I'm going to be healed, I'm going to be healed. And after doing that for a certain period of time, all his abilities came back and the doctors couldn't wow. believe it. So, um, so I think that sometimes there are people who a crystal skull will come to or mm -hmm. they will have a meeting with one, with a person who's a guardian, and they will get some form of a healing as a result of that. 
this happened around the Mitchell Hedges skull too. According okay. to Anna Mitchell Hedges when she was alive, people would come visit who had some kind of illness or injury and all of a sudden they would get a healing. Wow. So, but the problem is you can't make, it's like with doctors, you know, they have a certain procedure and things and way they do things. With Crystal Skull, you can't tell a person, okay, if you go see that, it's going to heal you. You, you right. don't know because the person themselves and, and, and who they are and how they think about things has a lot to do with the illness or injury that they've sustained. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. And we've been taught that, you know, there are no, you know, not to expect miracles, but I think in the future, that's all that's going to be is miracles. I'm going to, I'm, I, maybe you've gotten this question, but I'm going to throw it on. Sure. I'm sure you, you're familiar with the, the last Indiana Jones movie, which, basically portrayed his yeah. exploits in search of the crystal skulls. And um, I mean, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but basically it, it kind of described almost like the, that, that it needed all of these skulls to be together at the same time. And that, and then that's, as a matter of fact, that's why I'd asked you if there was an extraterrestrial connection is basically that's what it, it, it turned out to be. That there, this was, that this was connected from something uh, that had come from another place. Right. Is that is the is the theme of that movie very far fetched from reality as far as crystal skulls are concerned? Um, well, when they start throwing the skull around, that was not very realistic. Okay. Um, because the the size of the skull, if it was made of quartz, it was made of plastic, obviously. Right. Uh, would have been at least 30 pounds. And yeah, Portalgius is 10. And I can, if I throw him, he only goes a little distance. Okay. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Throw People don't realize in that, in a certain concentrated right. size. Right. That's a, that's and then weight. to a large degree, they were showing that, you know, the skull was mesmerizing and had some evil intent connected mm -hmm. to it. Um, now, as far as the 13 skulls coming together, they probably got that from the legend and oh. being connected with extraterrestrials. So whoever wrote the story, if it was Spielberg or Lucas, mm -hmm. I think that they, they got that idea, you know, from the legends. Um, and the Mayans have talked about, uh, is it the god of the, I think they call them the gods of the Pleiades or grandfathers of the Pleiades okay. that are associated with the crystal skulls. So they respect respect that there is that connection. And it has also come up for me in meditations with some of the old skulls. I've had visions like uh, with the, a mold of the Mitchell Hedges skull. Mm -hmm. I was meditating with it in Brazil at a conference, which was for a local UFO group there. And I was sitting uh, at a table and there was a person across. I saw on board spacecraft that they had crystal skulls and that possibly these crystal skulls on board the spacecraft were communicating because okay. they can't be a communication device with the ones that were here on the earth. So okay. I think that the, first crystal skulls were gifted by the gods, which would be the extraterrestrials. And What's the oldest 
skull that's been found. How old is it? Well, the problem is we don't have a scientific way to date. Okay. Because it's an inorganic substance, whatever stone it is. Okay. Okay. If you go by legends, mm -hmm. um, we could talk about skulls that are thousands of years old, but they could be millions of years old. I mean, I have memory of working with crystal skulls in Atlantis and Lemuria. And okay. Lemuria could be over 100,000 years old. So I don't know if the age really matters so much. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, what's the most important is they're here and that they're a tool for awakening consciousness and to help humanity to create peace, which is what I think is their ultimate goal. Right. And, and I guess my question was like, how long have humans been working with these crystal skulls? You know, like, and I, and I understand what you're saying as far as dating, uh, dating them, like by, by any type of testing that, right. like you described, there, like there really you, isn't. Right. Like if you find one in an ancient ruin mm -hmm. and you date the organic with carbon-14 dating organic right. objects, that will give you some idea, but it doesn't tell you for the skull because in the legends by the indigenous people, they're passing them from one civilization to another. So, so I would say, because I remember them in Atlantis and Lemuria, at least over 100,000 years old. That's, that's, that's quite old. That's right. quite old. And, um, that, and that they're made out of um, quartz makes sense because quartz is a very hard substance that could last. That length of time. Shape. Right. Have any been unearthed at any ancient ruins that you know of? Well, M Mitchell Hedges came out of Lubaton. Mm -hmm. which is a Mayan city. Uh, and I think um, um, Max, which is another one, I think they talked about it coming out of a ancient rune in Mexico or the, sh the shamans who had it found it in an ancient rune. So, okay. Okay. Uh, so it makes sense that these people, especially Mesoamerican people, would be working with various crystal skulls. Sure. So they would be found in their ruins throughout Mexico and Central America. Right. And that's what, that's where I was going with that. That's what I was thinking. Uh, you know, when they, you know, sometimes some of these ruins that, uh, I, and I know some of them, some of them, they're being unearthed as we speak, as yes. far as uh, there's no been way. reclaimed by the jungle or they've, you know, because of the satellite imagery. Now we're, they're able to pinpoint better right. the location. Right. There's um, no way to keep track of how many. So many have come out within the past 30, 40 years. I mean, wow. I was at a conference in Mexico mm -hmm. and the local people brought the crystal skulls they had and I hadn't met any of them. And I'm sure there were more than 100 there. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I think there are thousands upon thousands of them. And that's not including thousands and thousands being carved now by modern carvers and right. the thing is is why would they be carving so many if there wasn't some purpose for them sure. to serve you know it's of not course. just about selling them for money mm -hmm. it's that they have a higher purpose as well that's so interesting joshua what you're describing um you know uh, i'm sure that people want to know more about this uh, i'm going to have links to your Thank you. website in the credits of the show but for my podcast listeners what website can they go to to get more information about you and uh, your books and, and everything else okay so CSE like Crystal Skull Explorers CSE dot Crystal Skull Explorers dot com 
okay. is the best website to go to. And then, as I told you, mm -hmm. all of your listeners, we have three free ebooks. Okay. If they send me an email at crystalskullexplorers at gmail.com, I have a web page I can send them to where they can download these three ebooks. One is on crystal skulls, one is about that we may be in a computer simulation. And the last one, which is very important, that's connected to what's happening now, is called The Messages from Argus, which is the name I will take in our future. I have a, a guide who's called Argus that says, Joshua, I'm who you will become in this lifetime in our future. And I keep feeling like he's talking to me from 2037 to 2040. So... Okay. So he's talking something along the lines of the matrix. And the reason why I'm referencing that is most, a lot of people are very familiar uh, with that movie, you know, as far as the, like you said, a computer program per se, uh, masquerading as reality. Yeah. So there's uh, quickly, there's a story told by Jerry Wills, who I, I personally know. He went to Amaru Maru, which is a huge stone door in uh, near Lake Titicaca in Peru. Mm -hmm. And he went through that door and he met the people who may have created this universe. And wow. they told him that they created this universe as a computer simulation to understand their own. And they didn't have any life in it. And life just spontaneously appeared out of nowhere. Interesting. Wow. So I talk about that in that, that free ebook as well. And I talk wow. about... Um, two personal experiences that show me that we will have a positive future uh, happening to us uh, around this time. The the messages from Argus mm -hmm. I received while I was in Brazil, he channeled through me. And then, um, what was the other one? Oh yeah, my coma experience uh, had some strange things that happened. So that's in the, in the book. So I know for myself that this timeline eventually we will see a positive result, a positive future. But I don't know, you know, like where we are now, how we're mm -hmm. going to get there. But um, I believe that the, that's what our destiny is. So people just have to not listen to the major media or news. Right, the negative, the, 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 the oh no. right. lack of a better word, fatalistic almost. Yeah, um, follow their intuition, their discernment. Um, Telegram is where I'm finding the most information that's really explaining all the things going on okay. from the channels and groups there. And uh, yeah. And I just believe that, uh, you know, are you, are you on telegram? If anybody wanted to, to hook up with, with you there yeah, on, on telegram? Yeah. I don't know what name I'm under there, but they, they, if they search for you though. Would you come up? Because I know they have a search part where you could look for, yeah, I guess if they look for Joshua Shapiro, they might find me. Okay. I haven't started any channels myself. I've just okay. joined a bunch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes there's a few people I'm actually talking with on there. You can talk to individuals. But sure. mostly I'm just, you know, every day checking the groups to see, you know, what they're sharing and what might really be going on behind the scenes. So. Sure, and I know that a lot of people have... I want to say today, nowadays, they have more questions than they normally would. They probably have had in their whole life, I think, most people now. Yeah, definitely. There's so many things happening. Definitely. Again, Joshua, thank you so much. It has been wonderful speaking to you. And do you, I know you, you, you talked about this book. Do you have any new book projects or anything coming up that you're planning on? 
the newest project that's coming up, but I don't know how this is going to work. Mm -hmm. it's, I have a friend in um, Canada, in British Columbia. She just felt inspired to work with me to do a new documentary on crystal skulls. Oh, wow. So initially it's going to be kind of based on the skulls I've worked with mm -hmm. and some of my experiences, but we're also thinking about maybe we need to interview uh, some other people too. Okay. So, you know, we're just talking about it right now. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this will come to pass. And I'm also thinking as an Aries that we do it in a way that nobody's ever done a documentary before. So we'll just have to see how, how it turns out. Okay, well, I look forward to uh, that you come back. You know, I don't know if I know sometimes documentaries and things they they it takes a while for the you know be yeah. pre production production and after the fact before you actually get the finished product. Yeah, but uh, I would love to have you back and hopefully that 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 uh, will be uh, uh, come a reality the fruition you know of the whole thing because yeah, I imagine that that'd be very interesting. Anytime, I'd be happy to come back. There's always new things happening every yes. day now. So Yes, I'm sure. Again, thank you so much and take care. Okay, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Likewise. Bye. Bye-bye. So. I, this is um, this is such an interesting this is the first guest I've ever had that has spoken about this. And I, you know, and, and the reason why I threw that reference to the Indiana Jones movie is I'm sure there's people out there that this is the first time they've, in other words, as far as, far as reference, even though I don't think it has much to do with the reality of it. Uh, so that they can kind of understand where that comes from. Uh, and, as you could tell, there's definitely, and uh, in, in even for people that work with minerals or gems, you know, as far as the properties, you know, <clears throat> without them being carved, uh, they they kind of understand where some of this comes from, uh, as far as you know, different types of minerals and gems have different powers, or I don't want to say powers, but they're you know, some are used for healing, some um, psychics use some because they they feel that it gives them better perception. A lot of people use it to clear away negativity. Um, some people will tell you, you know, there's even ways of, you know, cleansing your, your, you know, if, if let's say if you have a group of stones, you know, that, you know, maybe you need to cleanse them. Let's say if you've been using them for healing or even in paranormal work. Um, I always carry to clean. I left mine out there. Um, I have a big, clear quartz um, stone with the feather, which I use for smudging. And, um, and I've had it for, whew, God, I've had it for years. And I would always carry it with me uh, in my bag when I did investigations. And I had a smaller version that I would carry on my person when I would do investigations. Um, and you know, there's there's even um, you can look it up anywhere. There's methods to cleanse them, like you leave them outside in the sunshine, uh, depending on what you use these. And I, I want to say now, if you 
I, ca I carry a bag of them around with me. And if you look at my purse inside the one of the zippered compartments, I have I have uh, stones there, and I want to say a pretty decent sized clear quartz that I carry with me. And then every once in a while, I remember ah, I need to take it out and just like get it, get exposed to the sunshine and the outside and everything and recharge it. In other words, and this um, this having to do with the um, with the skulls. I, I understand that from I've never I don't have one. I've never had one. But I understand the perspective of what he's talking about because of the properties of gemstones and or you know the minerals involved in it. And that's why I even asked him, are the are the origins from Earth as far as because they were mined here? Or is there an ET connection? Um, I, I I think it's fascinating what he's saying as far as that there's beings that uh I want to say for lack of a better word, inhabit each particular skull and you know are we talking here um you know and in in what he said that that it's even there even before it's the actual creation of the skull itself which i think is fascinating because of course anybody that's you know, is familiar with nature elementals or the theory of elementals and or nature spirits or things having to do with the ground uh, kind of will understand that. You know, as far as the that each part of, in other words, everything is alive. You know, not just the animals or the humans, and of, but that plants and the earth itself and. Um, you know, some people will think of animism, you know, when you think of even um, inanimate objects. And, I mean, we could go down the road of, you've, I'm sure some of you have heard, oh, that spirits will take up residence and dolls for those people that are doll phobics. You know, like, get me away from the dolls because you've heard of all these stories of, um, of them being taken over by discarnate spirits. But... That's not, you know, as far as reference, we're talking here something uh, that comes out of nature, out of the earth. Um, and basically what he, part of what he was saying that everything is one, different, but one. I mean, we could go with there in a lot of directions with that. But anyway, guys, I hope you liked the show. I loved bringing somebody as fascinating as Joshua to speak about something which is like, I love it because uh, his message overall, I think, is very positive. It talks about healing. And we spoke briefly before we started um, recording how, you know, he, he, exactly what he said towards the end, that the messages that he's getting from the skulls that he works with is that overall, everything, despite sometimes what people think or what it appears, as far as, uh, you know, what we see on the television, et cetera, is that we are going to end up in a positive, um, how can, what's the word I'm looking for? That everything will work out. And I, I know people will say, well, aren't you kind of being Pollyannish about this, Marlene? Uh, yeah. But I'll tell you what, and I, I believe in being realistic, but I do believe that our mindset also creates the reality that manifests. And I think that, hope you know that saying hope springs eternal 
I think hope is very important. And that's why I really like his message that eventually everything will be all right for all of us. Uh, and I've said it before in other shows, I'm a humanist. I believe in the goodness of human beings, despite that we have a lot of examples to, to the contrary of that. But I do believe ultimately uh, that we will triumph and that everything will turn out right. And by this, when I mean all right, I don't mean perfect because even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, perfect can be boring. Um, and it's maybe just one of these lessons that we're just, the people that are alive now living during these years and afterwards are just meant to learn. You know, like we're at the right place at the right time, even though we might think we're not, but we are. And maybe, you know, in hindsight, and, and I'm sure this has happened to people who've been alive for a little bit. Uh, sometimes you look at back at your life and, uh, after years have passed by, you look at sometimes difficult moments in your life, not all of them, and you understand why that certain things worked out. Or that maybe that difficulty led to better things. And you realize if I had not gone through that situation, I would not have come to either better myself or gone on to... Uh, something better. In other words, I had to traverse that experience or that phase of my life to find myself at a better situation for a lot of different reasons, whether it's self-development or just, I mean, it could be a million things. And I think that ultimately that's getting to the point of what I was saying. Ultimately, I think that this, uh, everything that's going on with, uh, I want to say when the last what's going to be almost what 16 months 18 months whatever i think that all the ups and downs that we've gone through as far as especially uh with everything you know our health uh, the, the the fear of what, what's going on and you know how's it going to work out eventually for all of us uh as human beings you know not just on an individual basis um that in the in the end it's going to be okay and that we'll look back at this at some point i don't know how far in the future that we can look back and say oh okay it was it was difficult but i get it now i do think that eventually when we do look back at this uh time period collectively we will have realized that uh that there was a reason for it and that we're better for it sometimes that is the secret of difficult lessons whether it's on an individual or collective basis but anyway guys i've got a great slew of uh, guests coming on and I want to thank you for coming back every week and joining me when I interview all these uh, interesting people like I said returning guests or new guests and again uh, please go to miamighostchronicles.com uh, you can reach out to me there if you want to send me an email to marlene at miamighostchronicles.com again I have tabs where you could submit true stories or questions uh, you can find links to the videos or to podcasts of the shows uh, from different podcast platforms. Whatever, if you have a certain app that you favor, if you go to that MiamiGhostChronicles.com, I will have a link to the show for that specific app, whatever it might be. So again, thank you. Take care. And 